Yo, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. I just wanted to say that the audio and visual of this episode, along with maybe a few others, isn't the best. We just moved into this new studio and we've been playing around with these settings and lighting and angles and whatnot, just trying to get settled in. So it's been an adjustment, but um, it's cost some content quality, which is unfortunate. But um, I guess production quality, the content's amazing. So keep listening, but just be aware that the audio visual probably isn't the greatest. But other than that, enjoy the show. Man, I just took one hit of ice all over again. Mm. And just like that, just right back into yep. addiction. Um, and within a few years' time, I just became homeless again. And I remember just worshiping God. And like, uh, you know, like, God, I've been hearing about you. Um, I've been hearing your word. People have been preaching to me. And like, I heard that you came back for guys like me. <laughs> and I remember just like, calling out my sin by name. Just wow. Like, God, forgive me for this, for this, for this. And just confessing my sin. Mm. And I remember like It was just like a huge waterfall Just falling on me And mm. I remember just feeling clean And wow. washed and brand new wow. And I was like man like, this feels so good And uh, I've never been the same since What's up everybody Welcome back to the Things You Don't Hear in Church Podcast My name is Ethan And my name is Derry And guys if you haven't already Please go leave a review on whatever uh, place You're listening to this on right now If it's Spotify, if it's YouTube with Apple Podcasts, whatever it is, leave a review, leave a like, leave a comment. It helps us out a lot. Um, reviews, especially on stuff, help a lot. So if you'd like to be a part of the discourse on any of our social medias, we have Instagram, we have YouTube, we have TikTok, YouTube Shorts, any place you really want to see us, we have extra content. So go check us out there. If you're interested, we also have Patreon. With that, into the show. Yeah, so today we have a really exciting guest. Uh, his name is Tyson or Pastor Tyson. He's a pastor here on island of one of the first Hawaiian churches in existence, mm-hmm. actually, um, in a homestead called Papakolea. He's been a pastor for a number of years, and he's in um, he's in school to get further education. Just really passionate guy. One of the only people I know where every time I talk to him, it's like the Holy Spirit just like shoots off of him, and I'm just like I'm being blessed every time we talk, every <laughs> time every time we talk, every time we hang out, you know. And he just like oozes the love of God and just conviction and makes you want to follow God with joy and, and you don't feel condemned at all after talking. So uh, we're really excited to have you, Tyson. Thank you for coming on. And, Thank you. Um, yeah, so he's here to share his testimony and kind of just talk about how he went from, you know, North Shore. You grew up on the North Shore, right? Yes. Oahu, North Shore, Oahu, um, and to becoming a pastor and, and mm. loving the Lord. And he has, he has quite the testimony. So mm. we're excited to get into it. Ooh, man, yeah. that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> Is there anything you want to anything you want to plug? No, no, no. That's that's all good. I was fighting for you. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, man, yeah. Thanks for having me here. I'm, I'm honored. Um, yeah, my story is um, is just like I think every other local boy growing up here in Hawaii. Um, I grew up in like the early '80s, and my dad was a drug dealer. Mm. My mom was a drug addict, and so I just sort of grew up in this broken home household. Mm. And uh, um, I think in like the late '80s. Um, early 90s there was a lot of like criminal activity and like dead bodies popping up illegal mm. gambling chicken fights crystal meth yeah hit the island hard and um and my dad was wanted and so um we got word that he was wanted and so my dad and i moved to california and uh, oh, my yeah. mom and them started coming uh my mom and my sister came up like a few years later mm-hmm. uh but me and my dad went up there to try to get straight and be yeah. good you know i just followed my dad and what part of cali 
Uh, Long Beach, California. Okay, cool. Yeah, not the best part of Cali. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I grew up like an hour from there. Nice. So good, yeah. Nice. Yeah. And so um, we moved up there and we actually met a cook that was cooking crystal meth. Wow. And so, um, you know, we got big and um, we started washing it out and making it ice. Um, and that's the first time I think Long Beach seen stuff like that. And so mm. we got really big really quick. Uh, my dad, you know, just he kind of blew up on the west side of Long Beach. and A lot of people wanted what he had. Mm. And so, um, you know, he eventually got caught and um, he did, he was sentenced to 10. I think he did five. Mm. And uh, when he got caught and went in, I moved to Colorado uh, for a few years and I kind of took his connection up there with me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, me and my brother and my uncle in Colorado started dealing. Um, and we got into just a lot of trouble up there. I started acting, you know, just acting out and stuff. And um, there was this guy oh, that was up there and he owed us money. And, um, or he owed my, da- my, my uncle money. And he called me and my brother to pick up some drugs. And mm-hmm. we were like, man, like, you owe my pops money or you owe my uncle money and you're calling us to come and pick up. So we're like, you know, just have him come to the house mm. and um, and we just take his money and just go give it to, you know, my uncle. And so he comes over, we kind of get into a scuffle and um, I, I have my gun and I broke out my gun and I put it in his mouth. And as soon as I put my gun in his mouth, like we heard some scuffling at the door and um, the feds came in. He bought the feds with him. Mm. Um, my brother ended up doing 12 years in prison. I did three and a half on a five year term. Wow. And um, it was just all downhill. And um, How old yeah, are you at this point? I am... Man, I was young, like 20, 22, wow. 22. Wow. Yeah, I was 22 when I moved up there. Uh, yeah, and so, um, you know, after I got out, um, I just, I, I kind of gave up selling. Like, I didn't have my dad, my mm-hmm. uncle, my brother. I just started doing drugs and really mm-hmm. became an addict. Um, and I, I became homeless in Colorado. And so I did like what every local boy does at that point. Like I called my grandma, you know, <laughs> like grandma, you got to bring me home. But this place is like, you know, it's, yeah. it's not good. And so I came back home to Hawaii and, um, you know, I was doing good for a few years. I was working at CarQuest and I'm mm. like, I moved up from like just a warehouse boy to like a part specialist and I was mm. doing really mm. good. And, uh, one day, you know, an old friend came to one of the shops and, um, man, I just took one hit of ice all over again mm. and just like that, just right back into yep. addiction. Um, and within a few years time, I just became homeless again. And, um, I was homeless in downtown Honolulu in Chinatown mm. and, um, right where you, I don't know if you guys know where Ross is, where it came yep. where it used to be. Yep. And so right across the street, there's a Salvation Army. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, that Salvation Army is actually like a church and mm. it's a faith-based rehab center. Oh wow, yeah. This is where we met a couple of yeah, years yeah, when you were yeah. working there. Yeah. And so, um, you know, they were doing an outreach, like they were kind of just walking the streets mm-hmm. and I was homeless and. They're like, hey, you know, we got a drug rehab center right here and, you know, and this and that. And so, um, you know, they uh, they asked me to come in. I, I, I was broken and like lost, like mm-hmm. seriously, just lost and broken and hopeless. And um, I went in and when you're in that uh, drug rehab, because it's a faith-based drug rehab, like it's a church first mm-hmm. and then, you know, a rehab center. And so it's a requirement that you do devotions every day. Oh, yeah. And so, um, you know, I opened up my Bible and I started reading about a man named Jesus Christ. And Is this I, the first time you've encountered Christianity, the Bible? Well, I sort of grew up like in the church. Like my grandmother went to the church. My great grandfather was a, was a pastor. Okay. But it was like, we never, I never really went as a yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah. And then like, I, I mean, we kind of knew about him growing up, mm-hmm. um, which is, that's why it was so infatuating. Cause I finally opened the Bible and I started reading about this guy named Jesus Christ. 
And I'm like, man, this guy is nothing like the guy I heard about growing up. Mm. Like, I had such a misconception of who Jesus was. Yeah. Which I think a lot of people do, you know, mm. like just growing up in Hawaii. And so, um, you know, I read about this guy named Jesus Christ and I was just blown away. Mm. I was like, man, like this is, you know, like this is happening. And, um, you know, I, I slowly felt to and started to see things change in my life. Uh, I was going to New Hope at that time, and mm. it was at um, it was at Farrington High School back then, and Wayne Cordero was still preaching. Mm. And I remember it was one of those nights, like I went in for worship, and I used to like sit in the front, but this one night I went in, I was like, I'm just gonna hang in the back. And I remember, like, I was in the back of the auditorium, and I was just worship. It was during their worship time, and I remember just worshiping God, and like, um, you know, like God, I've been hearing about you. Um, I've been hearing your word. People have been preaching to me, and like. I heard that you came back for guys like me. Hmm. And I remember just like calling out my sin by name. Just wow. like, God, like, forgive me for this, for this, for this. And just confessing my sins. Hmm. And I remember like, it was just like a huge waterfall just falling on me. And hmm. I remember just feeling clean and wow. washed and brand new. Wow. And I was like, man, like, this feels so good. And uh, I've never been the same since. Wow. Yeah. You know, uh, from then I started, you know, just kind of devoting myself to, reading his word and prayer. Uh, Revolution Hawaii is a one-year discipleship program through the Salvation Army. And mm-hmm. I ended up doing that. Um, I got closer to Christ. You know, I started reading and praying every day and mm-hmm. breaking the word down in Christian community. Um, I got a hope house through the Salvation Army. And, uh, you know, I started I started leading worship first at the upper room and then leading the prayer meetings. Um, I, I eventually had a hope house where it was a five-bedroom house. And by then, I was just making disciples. Mm. Well, I brought five guys alumni in from the program and uh, I just started discipling them. And within about two years time, every single one of them was preaching at church. Wow. Uh, planted a celebrate recovery church. And one of my guys still passes that every Friday night now. Mm. Wow. And um, uh, I was, I was, I was pastor. It was kind of co-pastoring the upper room church with Rob Nolan. Mm. And uh, uh, after that, God sort of just called me to pastor a white church. And so, Wailimu Church, they parted ways with their pastor on a Saturday. Mm. And Saturday evening, you know, I got a call like, hey, you want to come and come preach over here tomorrow morning? And um, I used to preach at one of the sister churches. And so by this time, I was kind of just like preaching everywhere. Like mm-hmm. every church was asking me to come out and preach and teach. And, uh, you know, I, I started off sharing my testimony at churches. And I think I did it in a way that it was like I was preaching. Mm. So they started asking me to come back to preach. <laughs> and so like I was preaching at one of the sister churches. And so I went that Sunday. And, um, you know, that, that Sunday evening, I got a call from one of the deacons and he's like, Hey, you did a fire under the church that we haven't felt in a while. Wow. Like, would you come back? And so I came back and, you know, we just kind of kept extending my stay. And I told them that I would, uh, I would stick with them through their pastor search. Um, a few months in, they asked me if I would prayerfully consider being their pastor. I, um, I prayed on it uh, for 40 days and God finally gave me an answer. I gave them the letter, and I've been their head pastor ever since then. Amazing. Uh, it was about four years ago. Um, when I went to the church, you know, we started um, doing things, and uh, I, I didn't have any seminary background, and so we just decided that I would continue a Christian education. Mm-hmm. And so I started going to Packer Bible College, and mm-hmm. uh, I met my wife there a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I met her there. We got married, and uh, that's kind of where we're at now. Um, you know, I'm married to my wife. with still making disciples, um, still running a lot of programs, preaching and teaching everywhere. Mm-hmm. 
And to be honest, we're loving it, man. Like one of the things I was sharing with um, some people the other day is that at my church, we read through books of the Bible. And, um, you know, just one way that God has been so gracious to me is, um, man, I write a sermon every week, a brand new sermon every week, and just a new chapter. And so mm-hmm. like we're reading through the book of Acts right now. We're on Acts 12. And so um, every week I'm just writing a new sermon for me, you know, just a new chapter. And um, just the way God has been revealing himself to me, you know, through these through preaching, mm. um, he's he's kept me safe and um, just not letting it be a sermon prep time. Mm-hmm. He gives me time to just be alone with him, and, mm. and then he gives me an opportunity to live it out. Mm. And he's so graceful. Wow. Um, he's protected my heart from just, you know, because I, I think we could so easily get into the sermon prep mode where we mm-hmm. forget about this intimacy with God. Mm-hmm. Right? And yeah. being able to write a new sermon every week gives me the time to be with him have a long time um, and the way you know just we've been fellowshipping lately you know especially reading through the book of Acts through the beginning of this year i've been having the time of my life with jesus christ and the holy spirit and god within the last seven weeks i think was probably like the best time that i've had with the holy spirit just this wow. oneness and fellowship wow. and like just still getting blown away by his love and years his into grace. it yeah, years into you it you know what i mean yeah. like man like just in love and um and that's kind of where we're at right now, you know, mm-hmm. just, just just doing everything, um, getting asked to preach and teach at a whole bunch of different places. So God has been gracious in that and allowing me to like share what he's just put in my heart for mm-hmm. the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, yeah, life's been good, man. It's been really busy, um, especially mm-hmm. this year, real busy with speaking and teaching at events. Um, but again, I don't feel overwhelmed or overworked or burnt out at all. Um, I cool. see there's such an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, such a bless blessing to be able to do that, mm-hmm. um, and at the same time, I'm being blessed with just this oneness and fellowship with Him. Yeah, as I get to do it, yeah, because like you know when He said, um, like go to the ends of the earth, and or my my Spirit will be with you as you witness, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, I feel the Holy Spirit when I'm reading my Bible, when I'm praying, uh, even leading worship sometimes. But like, I never feel the Holy Spirit more strongly in my life than when I'm telling people about Jesus, like witnessing, mm-hmm. yeah, telling them of His greatness, His majesty, His glory. And then, like, I get to do that, like, all the time, you know? Right, like, yeah. And I'm like, man, like, so just this oneness, you know, that I feel with him, this fellowship, mm-hmm. just, you know, I'm blown away. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, still so grateful at his grace. And, um, and yeah, that's kind of where we're at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. kind of testimony. That's amazing. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. did you know that when you had that experience of, like, you were worshiping and just felt like that waterfall came down on you of grace, did you know at that point, or maybe even a couple months after, that okay i'm gonna be a preacher or did that just kind of be a natural progression of like you just love talking about it i um so i got saved at that moment where i felt that waterfall it was good and um i felt clean and fresh and brand new i knew something was going to happen but i didn't know what um and then like even a few months later after that i think he told me and he revealed to me that i was going to be a preacher Mm. but i denied that call for so long because i knew who i was Mm -hmm. and like i'm like at that point in my life, I'm like, God, there's no way you could use a guy like me, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll tell you what happened, man. Like, I would I would start reading the Bible, and I would read stories in the Bible. And I'm like, the people have to know this. Mm-hmm. Like, they have to know, like, if this, if they if they knew that this was his plan, and, and this is how he feels about them, like, perhaps they would come back to him. Mm-hmm. And it was such a fire. Like, every story I read in the Bible, and he would just plant this fire in my heart. I was like, man, i got to tell somebody. And he would just keep creating opportunities for me to share whether it's at a Bible study or one-on-one with somebody or asking to be preaching like at, at a church. Mm-hmm. And um, after so long of that, 
I think like a year's time of that, I just finally said, I'm like, okay, God, like, I think this is what you want me to do. <laughs> I'm just going to go all in and do it, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah. and he just, he gave me this fire to make him known. Mm-hmm. And he created an opportunity for me to share every time I, mm. I just read a new story in the Bible. I'm like, I gotta yeah. tell people. Yeah. yeah. And that was like sort of the confirmation. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I did the Revolution Hawaii discipleship, right? And I, I went home after I got done with that, after the first year. And I, um, I remember like praying because I didn't know what I was going to do after that. I just got done with my discipleship. And I was, um, I, I remember going home. Nobody was home. And I remember telling God, I'm like, God, I would do whatever you want me to do. But you got to tell me, like, you got to make it known because I don't know like, what to do. Mm. And I never use my Bible as a, uh, as a magic eight ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like, you know, just flip, 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 find a verse. Yeah, you know. And, um, and, and I never, I never do that. But, um, this time I was like, I was in my living room at home and I remember like, I'm like, okay, God, I just got done with Revolution Hawaii, my discipleship. I don't know what to do. I would do anything that you tell me to do. Um, I, I've already had this fire of preaching in my heart and he's created opportunities for me to do it. So I remember it's like, those times where I just like, God talked to me and I just opened up my Bible and, um, and this is what I read. I read. Second Timothy 4, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Wow. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. Mm-hmm. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after you should keep a clear mind in every situation don't be afraid of suffering for the lord work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry god has given you mm. and i was like okay <laughs> just blown away okay. and just like okay let's go you know yeah, yeah. and um, it's the appropriate response and, okay <laughs> and it's been like that since you know it's yeah just, Cool. Did That's you amazing. go after the opportunities to preach? Like, cause I know you've also gone to like Ireland, correct? And like, or was it was, was, like yeah. Europe, California? Yeah. Did you like meet people and say, Hey, if you need to preach, I can, or was it just like, not it just once. came? Wow. <laughs> not wow. once. Wow. Um, not once, you know, I've always been asked to just, and for some reason, every time I was asked, it was just like, there was something in my heart that I was ready to share. Hmm. But I never once asked like, Hey, can I preach at your church? Or can I share this and that? and that like it just like, i was always approached yeah and um that's that's that was like another way that i knew that okay god like, you know, yeah i, I yeah. see what you're doing yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. wow it's amazing yeah what do you think were some of the uh going back a little bit some of the misconceptions you had as a kid about who god was who christ was that were transformed and changed as an adult when you're reading the bible do you yeah, remember so any like, of those things yeah so like you know i remember growing up and i remember just thinking that god was just this guy in heaven that um, that had to be pleased. That we just mm-hmm. had a set of rules that we had to follow, and if we didn't follow them, he wouldn't love us. Um, and I, I just had this conception of, of, you know, just God and Jesus, like, um, like they were just to be pleased. And mm-hmm. not only that, but I felt more condemned um, by them growing up than I felt their grace. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's like some of these old school guys when you're growing up, like they're just like, hey, you better behave, or you know, this and that. And they try to get you to come to God by like fearing him and not right. in a healthy way, but in an unhealthy way. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I felt more of his condemnation growing up than I did his grace. Mm-hmm. But then when I started reading the Bible for myself, 
I started feeling his grace more than mm-hmm. condemnation. I'm like, man, there's no condemnation in Christ. Yeah. And so I just started to feel his grace more. So that was the main misconception. Growing up, I felt like he was going to condemn me. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like if, if I didn't live up to a certain standard, he would condemn me. Mm-hmm. But then reading the Bible for myself as I got to be an adult, I'm like, man, his grace is sufficient mm-hmm. and more than enough. And that really transformed me yeah. into a new being was his grace. His kindness led me to repentance. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. That's amazing. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. So along this whole journey, like what, what do you think is like, cause you said you also did a lot of discipleship as well with a lot of people. What do you think is that you, when all your discipleship you've seen is something that is it, there's one thing that always works well in discipleship. I mean, obviously the gospel, but is it like, what is the way that you disciple and that you've seen work? Cause I feel like, you know, every Christian is called to make disciples, right? You know, and everybody right, right, right there in scripture, right? Know, go make disciples of all nations. So we got to learn how to make disciples. Right. So what's something you found, in discipleship that's like maybe one of the most or two or three very important things to remember that people listening can like apply and be like oh yeah like i can do this with my friends right now and so one of the main things i think was um when i started making disciples i um i had a house that actually mm. like just opened up to these men and so i lived with them mm. like you know we woke up we went to work we came back we was always together and of course, we had Bible studies and whatnot, mm-hmm. but I think it was more of a house church. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like we studied the scripture, we worshiped, we prayed, we, and then we went out into the neighborhoods and actually, like, was dealing with mm-hmm. the homeless and, and mm-hmm. meeting their needs. And um, and so I think, uh, you know, even right now, as you read through the book of Acts, or as we're reading through the book of Acts in our church, I see that house churches is so important in making disciples. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just, just having just that home community and camaraderie. Um, it was these houses that were praying for for the apostles and you know just prison doors were being blown open Mm -hmm. and it was all these house churches and so like it was also these house churches and this holy spirit fire that came that just blew from 120 believers to 5,000 in a matter of months and it wasn't all like they was just all going to church like they were meeting up in homes Mm -hmm. and they were they they were breaking bread with each other they were devoting themselves to the apostles teachings um you know they were meeting the needs of people around them they Mm -hmm. were selling possessions so that they could lay the money at the apostles feet so that they could just distribute. I mean, there's so many people around us with, you know, just urgent physical and spiritual needs. And so, like, just to be a part of a crew that could meet those needs. Mm. And, um, you know, I think that that's all, like, part of discipleship and making disciples. When we're doing that and then people see us doing that, um, and then they get to go home and then create that in their homes and then, you know. Mm. And so, um, you know, just to be clear, I think it's house churches. I think that, you know, that's one thing that God's been lighting me up on um, is, is this house church that we see in Mm-hmm. They broke bread together. They prayed together. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. They made sure that no one was in need. I mean, they all put it on this bankroll, mm-hmm. and no one was in need. And it wasn't a comfortable picture of Christianity like there is today. And the yeah. reason I say that is because, like right now, if we're not careful, we can create a comfortable picture of Christianity where we live our entire lives in the comfortable confines of our church, all the while turning a blind eye and a deaf ear to urgent physical and spiritual needs right around us and all around the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so like when we're actually going out and doing something, I, I think that's the biggest part of making disciples. Like, when we're going to hit in the streets and meeting those needs, praying mm-hmm. for people, like, physical and spiritual needs. Um, you know, I think that that's a huge part of discipleship. Like, when people see us doing that, they jump on, you know? And mm-hmm. so um, it, it's all this acts. It, it's mm-hmm. all acts, you mm-hmm. know, um, acts two to five, just, um, just being a part of a community like that mm-hmm. yeah. just bringing that church back home mm-hmm. yeah awesome. yeah that's really cool we had a, a guest on a couple months ago um if you guys 
we saw Art Thomas's episode. He has a house search network out in Michigan. Uh, yeah. My parents started going actually to his network, and he was telling us that apparently the like, I won't say the denomination because the way the elders dealt with it probably wasn't <laughs> yeah. good. So I don't want to give it away. But the denomination, the the denomination, like leaders of the state, I guess had this big meeting where they value all the churches and all the the entire state and say like, oh, which churches are doing really well? What's their mm-hmm. reports and whatnot? And someone said, oh, yeah, like, Roots Church has grown a lot. And someone was like, I mean, is that really a church? Like, are we really going to count that as a church? And this other leader, like, stuck up for them. And he's like, I mean, they've gone from, like, 13 to, like, they've gone from, like, 6 to, like, 15 houses in one year. And they have, like, 400 members and have converted. The, yeah, and, like, did a, you say Rooted? It's called Roots Church. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. But, yeah, and this guy just has, like, it, oh, during COVID, too, it expanded because, you know, people can get to church so they're yeah. meeting in houses. But, like, they share stories about how, like, and every other week they'll meet corporately to share testimonies. Like, they have a whole thing in their every other week, uh, ser- uh, what do you call them, meeting, service, yeah. service, uh, where they have just a testimony time of evangelism. Where they're oh, like, wow. hey, if you did evangelism and you have a great testimony, a couple of them share. They're oh, like, wow. if you have a prayer request, this is not the time to share. We have another time for that. This is purely for testimony. It's about, like, going out. And like, or God answered your prayer about something. That's it. we have praise report time. Save that to the end. But this is just about like testimonies for evangelism. So people go up and like, I was really nervous, but I saw this girl with a hurt, like a broken foot. So I prayed for her. And she got healed or something like that. Yeah. Or and it's just like amazing stuff. And I'm like, wow, that is so cool. Yeah. Do you think your church is moving in that direction? We're gonna try to mobilize like. I know some places like small groups or cell groups. Yeah, so yeah. small groups work, right? Like that's why that's why those churches have actually blown up. Like they, yeah. they know something, and, and it's about the camaraderie and, and the, mm-hmm. like that's why New Hopes blew up when they came mm-hmm. out of Hawaii. Like, mm-hmm. okay. there was just amazing at small groups, mm-hmm. and so for my church, it's small. Like we don't even have a hundred people at my church, mm-hmm. and so house churches was like a way to go. And mm-hmm. so, just at the beginning of this year, I started this thing called sermon based and. In our programs, I would put, like, I would come and preach the message on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then in the program, I would have, like, some insight and then a group discussion, personal reflection, and about 10 questions. And they would go home with their families in their homes, and they would go through these things throughout the week. Mm-hmm. And that created the house church. It was like, man, meet up with your families, you know, and, yeah. and meet up with your families at home and continue doing that. Invite people to your homes to do it. Like, mm-hmm. don't count on me to be saving people. Like, you guys go out and do them. Mm-hmm. I'm here to equip you guys for every good work on Sundays, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, you guys go out. You know, and not that I yeah. wouldn't go out. Like, of course I would, right. I am. But I'm like, I'm, I want to equip my church to do it. I don't want us to be just like a lazy church. And so um, just this past year, I just started this sermon base. And um, man, all the families in our churches are meeting up in their homes. Mm-hmm. And they're like praying and they're worshiping. Mm-hmm. And they're going through the stuff, getting deeper, and they're inviting mm-hmm. friends into their homes, and it's growing. And so, like, I'd rather have the house churches grow than my own Sunday service mm-hmm. grow. Like, that's where it's right. at. Right. You're making disciples, yeah? Wow. And again, the whole goal is to make disciples, right, in your homes. Mm-hmm. And so, um, man, it's been amazing, you know? I've been hearing stories just over this past year of their devotion times and the things that they're doing. And I'm like, I'm blown away. I'm like, I'm so happy because... Like this is what this is my dream, you know. Like, yeah. Like go home, do this with your home, and, and make yeah. disciples, bring people in, and uh, and so it, 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 we are we're too small for small groups, mm-hmm. and so yeah. I'm like, just set this place on fire and, and go do your thing. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. What are some of the coolest like testimonies you've seen over the past like four or five years of like you doing this thing uh, from the Lord has started to do in Hawaii? Um. You know, so at first it was um, like I, I remember meeting up with some of my members and they would just come and tell me like, 
the kind of times that they were having in their home. So one of our members actually adopted a girl. Mm-hmm. And um, she was, like, going through a real hard time. She's a teenager. And, um, you know, just, you know how teenagers are nowadays. Like, they struggle with their identity and they're yeah. raised in broken homes. Mm. And so um, he took her in about, like, right now, um, about a year ago. And so um, we met up a few weeks ago and we were talking. And, you know, he's just telling me about, like, their devotion times and what she's saying, um, you know, like, during their devotion times. And I've seen just a tremendous change in her since she has been adopted into their family. Yeah. Um, she, she doesn't talk the same. There's no cursing. It's just like a whole brand new girl that's, you know, been born. Wow. And, you know, it's, and so, like, we have Sunday school at our church, too, and, um, and she's killing it. Like, she's coming up there, and she's memorizing scripture and, and telling stories and singing and doing stuff. Wow. And so just to see a dramatic change in her life. Um, but really, I think, like, the best part for me as a shepherd and pastor is just really seeing the transformation in Hmm. like just them growing in grace and in knowledge and understanding of god um that's been the biggest joy uh, of being their pastors um like when i first came i'm like they're an old school hawaiian church and Hmm. they have a lot of knowledge you know about the word and and even like in his grace like they grew up right Hmm. they sat on the real good bible teaching Um, but my main prayer for them was that they would grow in grace and understanding of our lord and so just watching them uh, being transformed in that way over the last few years, watching them uh, grow in grace and letting God's grace actually like transform them into new beings, changing the way they talk, the way they walk, the way they love their neighbors, the way they love themselves, the way they love their families. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been like just the greatest joy is just yeah. watching that because I prayed for that, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, man, like God, I just want them to know you, to know you, and to love you. And um, you know, it, just through the Word of God being preached to them the fire of the holy spirit i I saw just god's grace transform lives and uh, that's been just the 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 most joyful thing that's happened to me as a pastor yeah that's amazing i love like hearing all these stories and all this stuff because and even like yeah your testimony like yeah like everything that god's done it's just like it's it's so amazing because there's so many people who deal with the same stuff you know maybe not to the degree of like Maybe not meth, but maybe like marijuana, you yeah, know, or maybe yeah, drinking, yeah. or maybe anger, or maybe gossip, or something yeah, like that. Sure. But just knowing that, like, yeah, it's through repentance that, that times of refreshing may come, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that what one right. of the scripture says? Right. Says like, right. confess your sins, so times of refreshing right. may come. And right. that's like people, something people Love don't. That. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Yeah, and people don't get that all the time. People don't realize like your repentance is for your refreshment. Like God right. wants you to, like, be released from this burden right. and. It, it's humbling that to repent. It takes a lot of like, dang, I, I really was wrong. I messed up. Yeah. But when that happens, and it says like, another part says like, repent and you'll find mercy. Conceal right. and you'll find judgment. Right. You know? And so it's just, that's always encouraging because there's so much fear around repentance, but really knowing and hearing these stories is encouraging. I'm like, wow. Like, God, you know what's good? So like, good? If you're a pastor too and a shepherd, like what's good is being open from the pulpit. Like when I get up there, I share my struggles because if I'm struggling with this, I'm almost like a hundred percent sure there's gotta be people in the congregation that struggle right. with this too. Right. Like if it's a temptation for me not to pray, it's gotta be a temptation for you. Or if it's something that I've been struggling with, mm. and so just to be like open and all humility, I cry before my church as I'm preaching, mm. like confessing, like man, like I was going through this or going through that, mm. you know, and just being open. And I do it like on purpose, like I do it so that they know almost like how to repent you know like i do that on wow. purpose from the pulpit just to show them this example like man like you can come in humility before god yeah and um and just really leading them by example and really just repenting before them and being open
and honest and, mm-hmm. um, and they loved me for it like, they could have just shunned me or they could have just like you know he doesn't belong being a pastor and this and that mm-hmm. um, but they got behind me and they just encouraged me and supported me and they prayed mm-hmm. for me like you know like crazy it's awesome yeah, yeah. I told them I was like, you guys better be praying for me like uh, <laughs> if you want this fire fiery pulpit you better be praying for me week in and week out and I love the way they prayed for me that's awesome what's the demographic what do you mean like um the average maybe age group or whatnot because i know i've been i would have i worked in papa clay for like three months like working at the like the the center where the the basketball hoop mm-hmm. and the, the community center and stuff and like doing some door-to-door on an ev um so i know there's like a lot of aunties and uncles there and a lot of like teenagers so like in in your church like what's it look like we we're not a very big church um we have about 40 people um most kupuna mm-hmm. uh, mostly aunties and uncles um, we have a few, maybe about 10 from like 20 to 30. And then we got a few kids, like maybe mm-hmm. like five or six kids. Okay. And so, um, yeah, it's not a very huge church, but um, it's, yeah. it's, um, it's to me, I mean, they're powerful, man. Yeah. Like these guys is like, you know, when I came to this church, I didn't have to, I didn't have to like beg them to give right. financially, like, like wow. to missions and yeah. to, you know this and that like there's such wow. a it's such an amazing church you know and, and i'm not even bragging bro but like we got like 30 40 people and like our tithing throughout the years like over like 150,000. wow and we get to give that away right and yeah. these guys have no shame just giving away supporting mm. missionaries supporting mm. missions supporting programs and they're wow. like they're giving like as much as they can awesome. and wow. i'm like you know, like it makes it makes it easy to preach on Sunday. Yeah, see right. That stuff happening mm-hmm. in yeah. church. Damn. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really yeah. encouraging too, because like we, I'm, I'm you're a pastor too, so we all live here live on full time support. Yeah, 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 you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, so it's really encouraging yeah. when people are like, oh, they love giving, because yeah. I think like the statistic is like less than one percent of all money that's given to Christian work in the U.S. goes to unreached people groups, mm, and there's wow. like billions of dollars, like the America by every uh, measure and every statistic is like one of the most generous nations in the world, if not wow. the most generous nation in the world. And the, and specifically the Christians in America are like the most generous people monetarily from what they have yeah. in the world, like how they can measure, wow. you know, and obviously it's not always by amounts because Jesus says the widow gave more than all the Pharisees. Right. right? So we got to keep that in mind, but right. by amount of like money given towards uh, ministry or like, you know human efforts or missions it's like america by far is like the most wow. generous but yeah it's like one less than one percent goes to the unreached wow. and it's like oh, that's like where we need it the most yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like exactly. I, exactly. And it's like tempting to resort to cage stage where you're like stop having these conferences and these smoke machines and these <laughs> yeah, lights yeah, and yeah, give yeah. to the laws but it's like ah, it's yeah. all it's all there's an argument for all of it yeah, yeah i'm all about missionaries missions and i'm all about mm-hmm. that you know that mm-hmm. yeah of course yeah, man. Cool. That's good. Well, um, so we, as we come to the end of like the testimony time and the sharing, we just want to we ask this to everybody who comes on the show because the purpose of the show was to help people mm-hmm. overcome their hard questions. Okay. You know, we had like a lot of people that we yeah. met that we have friends who, who we grew up together, went to youth group together, no longer following Jesus, mm-hmm. and just like uh, yeah. I have these questions that couldn't be answered, or right. I had this bad experience or whatnot. Right. And so we like to ask this question to our guests um, to benefit the. Our, our demographic are the people who are like maybe doubting or asking questions you yeah, know sure. um what has been the hardest thing you faced in your christian journey 
And what was the thing that you found to help you overcome it? Whether it was an answer or an answered prayer or got like a scripture or something like that. Does it make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think the most fundamental thing that helped me grow as a Christian was knowing that um, that God would never leave me nor forsake me. And so like we all know that with like a head and we could all give that a head nod. Even Christians that don't really believe or mm -hmm. having a hard time. But what really got me in that was was just one simple verse in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And... And I don't even know what the address is, but it says that no one can come to the Father unless the Father draws him to mm. draw them to himself. Right? Yeah, I think that's so, maybe John six. So when I think about that, I'm like, okay, so if there's any longing in me to have a oneness and a fellowship with God, that's proof that God hasn't given up on me. Because if the Bible is true and it says that no one can come to the Father unless the Father draw them to himself, then it's not me wanting to be with him. It's God in me drawing me to himself. Mm. knowing that truth was like set me over the top because mm. I'm like there is like even in the midst of sin in the midst of suffering in the midst of struggling like there's a longing for a oneness with you and if there's any kind of longing or yearning to want to be one with you or just want to know you to be with you that's proof that you haven't left me that you'll never leave me nor forsake me but that you love me because that means that you're in me right now drawing me to yourself because I can't even do that on my own Mm. Wow. And when I knew that, that changed everything in my life to be just stronger and bolder. Yeah. Like you said, so again, right, even in the midst of sin, when uh, Christians might feel guilty or shame, if they knew that, okay, like right now, I'm so guilty for what I did, I'm ashamed of what I did, but then there's still that one ounce of like earning, yearning, and, and longing to be with God. Mm -hmm. That's just proof. Like you don't need to be guilty and shame. Like that's God drawing you to Himself. Because mm, wow. you can't come to Him on your own. Like the yeah. Bible says that He is in you, drawing you to Himself. Mm. When I knew that God would never leave me, He's in me right now, mm -hmm. and just He's drawing me to Himself. I'm telling you, that changed everything. All yeah. the confidence mm -hmm. and boldness in my life for God. Wow. That was the one thing that was like, man, if this is yeah. the truth, and I can stand on this, man. Mm. Like you love me right now, in the middle of sin, in the middle of suffering, in the middle of shame and guilt. Mm -hmm. I still feel this, so it's obvious that you're in me, pulling me to you, because I can't even do this on my own strength and mm -hmm. talents and power and abilities. And mm -hmm. your word is the truth. So if you're in me, drawing me to yourself, I'm coming. Yeah. yeah. And that, I'm telling you, like that, just when I knew that truth, it was like, wow, awesome. that's awesome. That's yeah, amazing. That was, yeah. That, was it. that reminds me of Philippians three, because I always go back to this too. It's like the same concept where it says, it's the Father is in you both to make you will and to work for his good pleasure. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And so when I read that, I was like, it's, I thought, I, I always thought it was like, I want to please God. I yeah, have, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm doing this. Ethan, I'm like, no, this says like God is in me, mm -hmm. giving me the desire to work for, to, yeah. to, for his glory. Yeah. And then not only is he giving me the desire to work for him, he's also doing the work in me to be able to work for him. Yeah, you can't do that on your yeah, own. Yeah, I'm like... I'm like, wow, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a lot of work, God. Like, yeah. you're doing a lot for me right now. Exactly. You know? like, yeah. Yeah. And what, another thing, thing, too, that, like, going off of that, just because I'm thinking about it, that has encouraged me in the past is, like, knowing that the Bible says a, sm a smoldering wick he won't put up. Or, yeah. like, you know, I always think about that, like, an ember went. Like, I, I like yeah. camping. So, you maybe we have, like, a bonfire. We're at the beach, like, just, like, two weeks ago. I was in Kauai having a bonfire. Yeah. And, like, you look at the embers, and it's, like, the, when they're about to go out, it says, like, that thing he won't let it go out yeah. so whenever you're like at the wits end you're about to give up you're about to like i'm done i'm throwing the towel i'm not a christian i'm walking away 
it's like that thing God wants to make inflamed in you and he wants, yeah. to, he wants to bring it up and like hold on to that and know that God hasn't left you. God's not ignoring you. God's not leaving you out yeah. to dry. Like he wants, and I, I believe that like a person can decide to put that out themselves. Right. You know, you can hide your light under a bushel. You can put your own flame out. But as far as you allow God to work in your life, he's not going to do it. Right. Mm. Right. You know. Yeah. Mm. And it's usually at that yeah. moment that people are really having that longing for God. Right. They want to be healed. They want to be saved. They want to be delivered. They don't want to feel yeah. like how they're feeling at that point. And so it's really right. at that moment that they really have that longing for God. Yeah. And that's how you know that God is in you because you can't long for him on your own. You can't even mm-hmm. do that. But it's God in you drawing you to himself. Yeah. And telling you that truth changes everything. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. There's so much scripture back that up too. Like Jesus yeah. says he sent his spirit crying crying out Abba Father right and right, it's like right, his right, spirit's right. inside us calling I'm like I yeah. know we don't even know what to pray half right. the time but like right. yeah it's in you know? like lining our wills up together to yeah. Mm-hmm. Up. yeah yeah and it's no wonder we've been blessed with one gracious blessing after another it's because of the Holy Spirit it's because of that yeah it definitely is it's beautiful yeah. cool well thanks so much for coming on the show we had a great time and we really enjoyed your all your encouragements your testimony all that kind of stuff thank you man. Uh, guys is there anything you want to shout out you have any books or your church or anything uh, like that youtube instagram page or something yeah tyson alika on instagram um Limu church on instagram uh and i think that's it like, yeah. cool yeah. Every, everything that we're speaking and teaching at is it'll, it'll be on you have any sermons online or anything um no but you know man i've been asked so much to just put sermons up mm-hmm. and um, I, I think i'm going to just start recording and yeah do it, it up. do it you can get some wants. good stuff with just an iphone honestly just yeah a mic and an iphone or, buy, yeah. buy one yeah, of these yeah. Yeah, and so um, yeah, I, I think I'm gonna start. Like, there's a lot of people just you know week in and week out just asking it. Yeah, stuff, mm-hmm. so. cool, sweet. There we go. Yeah, so next step. yeah. yeah. also collect all your sermon notes and, and then at the end of the year just compile them one thing and be like, all right. And then you could that's like a little cool thing. Like I got a year of sermons yeah. through every chapter yeah. that we went through. And I do. And I've, got, I've got like at least 52 sermons a year, and sometimes like you know I was I was counting over like the last couple of years, but it's like hundreds and yeah, wow. all saved up that's yeah. so and awesome so, you know and so i could just cool. in something in a book or something after and just send them out to the church or something that's so cool yeah. we good right on well guys thanks for coming back join us next week for another great episode keep following jesus share the gospel change lives you rock shoots Amen.